You're listening to the Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast. Here's the deal. If you make disciples by sitting around and talking, you shouldn't be surprised when your disciples sit around and talk and talk and talk. This is the podcast for those weary of just talking and ready to start activating in the mission Jesus gave us to change the world. The Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast, where disciples and disciple makers gather to grow and go together. Here's your host, Dr. Matt Friedemann. Hey, dear friends. Good. I mean, so very good to have you with us today. We are doing an interesting program today. Uh, We're going to feature two podcasts in one. One is called More to the Story. And as you know, your host for that is Andy Miller. My name is Matt Friedemann, and my podcast is called Life Changing Discipleship. We actually think you need to check out both podcasts, More of the Story and Life-Changing Discipleship. Welcome, Andy Miller. Well, thank you so much, Matt Friedman. Glad to be on your podcast and have you on mine. Uh, it's a it's an honor for it's, me to be here with you. It's a love fest. Our audiences, if they, if they got together, <laughs> they would just have a great party. So I'm glad to be able to share a little bit together. All right. So listen, uh, the reason we're doing this, we just thought the couple issues that we're going to face here in the next uh, couple podcasts, we just think is going to be good for everybody to listen to. Absolutely. And yeah. so... Uh, one of them is uh, an organization that you've been involved with for years and years and years. I mean, yeah. your family. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you t- we're talking about six generations yes. of your people. Six generations. So six generations of Salvation Army participation. And, of course, the Salvation Army started by William Booth. And, wow, what an incredible legacy that yeah. he has all around the world. Right, right. And uh, I, I, I love the Salvation I'm just going to tell you straight up, Andy. I, I think I've tell- told you this quite a bit. Right, I right. love the Salvation Army. But as with everything we love, we always have concerns. Right. And so one of the things that's been happening lately with the Salvation Army is they found a way to get into the news in a little bit of an unusual way. So yeah. what, get us up to date here on the most recent news story. And it's a bit of a troubling news story, I think. Right. It, it's problematic. And, it's, and I love that you love the Salvation Army. A lot of people who listen to this podcast and listen to your podcast probably love the Salvation Army, in part because they know it's a Christian organization. The mission is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and meet human needs in his name without discrimination. So I'm used to people loving the Salvation Army. And, it, and I do, too. Six generations in, even though it drives me crazy every now and then, it's like— it's it's the mother that birthed me, so to speak, in discipleship. In all fairness, yeah. uh, we're all part of groups. Uh, yeah. And if you really love a group, you're going to have some irritations with the group. Right, 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 right. And I'm the same way. I'm Church of the Nazarenes. I've got some problems with the Church of the Nazarene. But on the whole, I'm still there, still right. fighting away, still flogging away. And you the same way at the Salvation Army. That's right, yeah. It's a love affair. Uh, but not without some input that we think ought to be constructive. Right, and I want to be I'm very cautious with this because a new story that came out, I think I don't know if it quite hit the AP. I had people like you, you know, when I came in the office on Monday after Thanksgiving, you're like, what is going on? Yeah, well. right? And then I had other people, you know, texting me, and they would send me a story. One was from Tennessee, one was from Newsweek. There were just stories going all around. There were some conservative outlets that were putting things out, so people were sending them to me. And I was— I was cautious when I saw the title because it said something like— um, I didn't believe it. When I saw the title, the headline, I didn't—I thought, yeah, there's got to be more to the story than that. Well, more to the story. What a great name for a podcast. Why didn't I think that? (laughs) If it's life-changing discipleship. So so if we have that, so what happens? It said something like, the Salvation Army encourages donors to repent or to—the Salvation Army encourages uh, donors to apologize for white privilege, something to that effect, right? 
Now, if I'm a donor, I'm thinking, wait, what? And by the way, you are a donor, probably. Salvation Army doesn't exist without donors, just right. like my church doesn't exist. Any denomination, you got to have givers, and all of a sudden, that crops up. Right, and I and there is is what's going on here. The big big picture is like that headline particularly was slanted in a negative direction. It came out right before our national kickoff um, during the Cowboys think game. Think about that. Yeah, I so, mean, this is the big giving time for everybody, but especially for the Salvation Army. Right. This month is right. prime time. Now, I don't think the pe- – I'm guessing the people who came with that headline or the people who are putting this story forward, my guess is actually – and one of them is a well-known apologist, Greg Kokel. My guess is that they actually like the Salvation Army, and they'd like to see us get better, and they think there's problems, and it's worth addressing it. But these headlines, are co- of course, are very unfortunate in position. Okay, let's get, to the, get, okay, let's get yeah. to the issue. All right, talk. So what it ends up being is what's happened is some of the dirty laundry, I'd say, of the internal talks in the Salvation Army have come to the public. Now, what I mean by that is like there are some things happening. This is like, certainly if you follow that story and you look at it and you click on the links – you will find that what that story is purporting is true. Like there are, there is a utilization by some resources in the Salvation Army of CRT kind of woke language. And I'm not even going to judge that necessarily in this, but what you would have read in that story is something that is true in the sense that we had resources that utilize that language. And that is not deniable. The Salvation Army has implemented across the world and some some leadership, not everywhere and not in every local unit, of course, like diversity officers and these type of things that you could ascribe to kind of the, the new woke agenda. And so th- that is there. Now, that I want to suggest is not the essence, though, of what's happening in your local community, the Salvation Army. Okay, so yeah, one of the things I think I remember reading was uh, we need to apologize for our whiteness. Mm. I'm not quite sure what that means. Yeah, well, of course, that's a problem. And one of the interesting things about the Salvation Army, of course, is that the average Salvationist all across the world is not white. <laughs> okay, we're in 133 countries, and, and, and so incredibly this, diverse. This this is unfortunate because what ends up happening is it's it's not a word to donors. Now there was a document that came out called "Let's Talk About Racism," and this came from the Salvation Army's International Social all Justice right, the Commission. The International uh, okay. Social Justice Commission. <laughs> yeah. All right. So almost from the get-go, yeah. For, first off, I'm a big fan of social justice. Right. I'm huge. I, I think I showed you yesterday, I got a DVD in my office called Social Justice. I show it to every, uh, every demon class we have right, here right. at Wesley Biblical Seminary. Big fan. Albert Moeller's on it. Right. Charles Colson's on it. The conservatives, the conservatives are on right. it. I mean, World News Group. I mean, Heritage social Foundation. justice. Yeah. I love social justice. But these days when I'm seeing those words, I all of a sudden just a question mark goes up. What? Right, what are they right. talking about? I know what I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about Matthew 25, 31 to 46. Yeah. And as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Right. But I want to make sure that the social justice we are promoting helps the poor and doesn't hurt them. Right. It's possible to hurt them. It is true. So, but but get, let's get back to International Social Justice Commission. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is a group that came about about a little more than 15 years ago. The international leader of the Salvation Army, the general at that time, instituted this commission, which was a way to resource local Salvation Armies all around the world. But unfortunately, what happened when we did that was at the time, like you just indicated, the word social justice was kind of a novelty in the Salvation Army. Maybe it was a way for us to think about our ministry as we serve the poor, as we do that Matthew 25 type of work. And so, like, I, I never have liked the language social anything, actually. We have the social or social services. I've preferred, and I have a book on this. You can find it, andymillerthird.com. Um, 
in, in the that uses the language of hospitality, welcoming of the strangers. That's that's my little plug. But what happened is 15 years or so ago, this started. And what happened is this this group is based, this entity is based in New York City, and it has a voice in the UN, but then also produces resources. And what has happened? As there has been greater debate within the Salvation Army, this kind of dirty laundry that I would say that we're now showing to the world, what has happened is that it has embraced some of the things that would be typified by the kind of woke movement as a whole, like utilizing critical race theory language. Right, that means for, nothing to most people. Okay. Critical yeah, oh, race. Thank you. Yeah. So just let's give us give us a few pieces that yeah, it, it's yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. voluminous. You can do a whole class. I think we are doing. A yeah, whole, we are. Whole yeah, class, yeah. Gives to just a few critical pieces of critical race theory. Yeah, certainly it is good for us to acknowledge the sins of the past, like to acknowledge that there has been racism in the world that has done great evil across the world. Like we, there, Nobody is like contesting that. At the same time, when we move to a place where we find our full identity in our groups or our, at the essence of who we are in our race, when equality of outcomes are pushed, when anti-racism language is used that uses kind of like the white fragility concepts from, um, from authors that come in that perspective, D'Angelo for one, um, when Marxist categories are used with oppressed and oppressor, this gets to be problematic. Now, some people disagree with me on that for sure, but that was the type of thing that was promoted in this resource that was cited in these stories that you saw. All right. So the International Social Justice Commission, of course, I know a few of these people right. uh, that are working in New York City with this group. Love them. Right. Me so too. So it's possible to uh, be involved with this, and uh, we can love you, but— we're beginning to feel a little uneasy. Right. It's un- it's unfortunate. So is the Salvation Army getting liberal? Hello, Matt. Okay. I'm going to do my very best. Because I see about two, three articles a year that would suggest that this beloved organization of so many people out there, we just want to help the poor. We want to know there's an organization we can trust to help the poor right. in our communities. But we're, we don't want to put up with this, you know, the— contemporary social justice drivel or the liberalization of the organization. Right. So I think a lot of donors are wondering, yeah. hey, what do we ought to be thinking here? Well, I'd say yes and no. Okay. I like, I'm sorry, I can't give you a definite answer. I would think that 80%, now this is not empirical. If I gave this to a paper in your class, you would probably be like, oh, Andy, I don't know. But like, I would say my experience, and I know the Salvation Army pretty well in the United States, I would think that 80%, maybe that's high, I don't know, but 80% of Salvation Army officers would be conservative, sanctified, like doing the essence of the work. They wouldn't be somebody you would think had like gone woke for that matter. Like there, there would be a contingent and there is just like it's happened in most denominations, even in your denomination, that there is like a contingent that is pushing a liberalizing agenda. That would be the same thing with same sex relationships with the authority of scripture. We could go on and on and talk about these things. And some of those things I think are expressed by the documents that have been produced from our international headquarters and the International Social Justice Commission. There was one that Matt Ayers and I, our, our president, talked about, our president of WBS, that is, talked about uh, that said, let's talk about same-sex relationship. Let's talk about homosexuality. This was, I was very uneasy with some of the things that I would say verge on heresy. So I'm very cautious with this. And like, I, and people in the Salvation Army have been standing up, have been standing up, writing letters. But unfortunately, we have a structural problem. I'm going to hit this real quick. And this is what it is. Like This happens in all denominations. When you have something that exists outside of the field or the ground level like what matters in the church is like what's happening in the local unit and the salvation army is always local here in jackson we're responding to local needs right. but what happens is when you have 
an upper level of administration that gets out. And this is like, so we have the core that gives 10% or so to the division. That gives 10% of their budget to the territory, to IHQ, then IHQ funds initiative. I can't help but think that the money that is used to fund the International Just Social Justice Commission would be better used in communities around around the world, for that matter, wherever yeah. it's. So there's a structural issue that I think the Salvation Army is almost violating in its own principles. And this was something the founders of the Salvation Army were cautious of even as they were instituting it. Hmm. So I'm a giver. I'm a donor. Okay, I want okay. to I want to I make sure that the money that Jesus has given to me. Right. That in so much as I think he said in the past, these are some organizations you can trust. So give some money to them. They're in the trenches for the cause of the Great Commission and, and the compassionate verses of Scripture. Yeah. Can I still trust the Salvation Army? Should Christians? Yeah. Should spirit filled Christians in the USA particularly support the Salvation Army? Yes. Here's why I say that. Uh, but I, I would never ask anybody, I wouldn't want anybody to just give blindly. Hmm. You need, so like I just said, the Salvation Army is always local. So the local expression of the Salvation Army is what's important. And what I encourage you to do, Matt, like you tr like here we are in the Wesleyan Holy Tradition. The Salvation Army has a, a doctrine that talks about the authority of Scripture, entire sanctification, all those type of things. Well, you need to know what's happening in the Salvation Army where you are. And that's why I think it's like, important for you to investigate. And that's why like a book like Toxic Charity by Bob Lupton is something I think really helpful for us to use. He has something in here that I think we use in our classes to help talk to people about compassionate ministry. And he has what he calls the Hippocratic Oath for Service Providers. I'm wow. just going to hit, a, hit yeah. a couple of these. Like the first one is this, never do things for the poor that they can do for themselves or could have done for themselves, that they have the capacity. What we're doing in that case, Lupton says, and this is the same with the book When Helping Hurts, is that we're committing the sin of paternalism. Like we're stepping in. Like we almost have like a God complex when we do that. I'll say most Salvation Armies aren't doing that. And there are initiatives, that, like something called Pathway of Hope, that are really helping people take initiatives and the skills that God's given them to thrive in life. But unfortunately, like you need to know. Like you need to check out the, the Salvation Army in Jackson. And if it is, then I hope you give to it. Yeah. So it's possible yeah. to give money to charities that actually hurt the poor rather than help them. Yes, and I'll say that, I mean, as bold as I can, the Salvation Army has done that from the time. But I also will say the Salvation Army is doing an amazing job. 125,000 nights of shelter, 125,000 nights of shelter last night, mm. right, where people had a place to stay because of the ministry of the Salvation Army all around the world. Now, like, just think of what that means. Like, that's a couple football fields, football stadiums full of people. And that's done from a mission based in the gospel. So it's a beautiful thing. But it can be done in the wrong way. Like uh, on my podcast, I talked to Dr. Don Dixon when we were really critical of a Salvation Army program that's uh, people are going to throw things at me for this. Angel Tree. Sometimes where we give gifts to people at Christmas, it can hurt them. Yeah, Angel Tree. Well, I, I got stories to tell on that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make, make, has made my congregation feel funny when we take these gifts to their homes. Right. And they seem to be doing better for Christmas than we're doing. But the point is that stuff's not helping them. That right. doesn't help the poor. Right. And that's what I'm most concerned with is in our giving and in our actions, are we helping more than hurting? And I think that's always a great thing to ask. But the first principle you have here is simply don't do for them something that they 
ought to be doing for themselves. And we don't have time to go through all. I would love to go through all of them. But part of it is also this principle of exchange that you give people an opportunity to give something in return, even if it's not like accumulated to the total that, that, that what, what might be received. Bob Lufton talks about like, okay, put a price tag on that because they're going to value it more if they participate in it. And that's, that, that kind of comes back to the same principles of hospitality. As we welcome people, as we welcome in the stranger, we value that they're created in God's image. And they, like we want them to thrive. And it's not going to happen. And this is a kind of like comes from the S, uh, beginning of the Salvation Army too. Some of you might know uh, Dr. Ed McKinley, who's taught, uh, probably taught your kids. He taught me at Asbury University. Um, he wrote the definitive work on the Salvation Army's history in the United States. I'm going to read something real quick that he wrote about the early Salvationists. You're going to love this. I, he says, pioneer officers, pastors in the Salvation Army, pioneer officers were little concerned with theories of social justice. They knew only that their heavenly commander had ordered his soldiers to take in strangers, visit the sick and imprisoned, and offer drink to the thirsty and food to the hungry. They also knew that there were souls dying all around them, and the first step in saving some of them was to lift them up so they could hear that such a thing as salvation existed. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, and one of the things my church always says is yeah. uh, we want to run to the sound of the pain. Amen. And if there's pain in our community, we want to be the local church that's there. What I love about the Salvation Army is that traditionally, and I think even still today, much of the time, that's what you all do well. Right. You run to the sound of the pain. Amen. And it's extremely to do it. But we always got to add in there. There are appropriate ways to do it in ways that are helpful and right. ways that we might think are helpful that are actually hurtful. Right. I love what, uh, what uh, Marvin Olasky once said about oh, this. Yeah. And he would take, he's got eight points uh, yeah. in his book, Tragedy of American Compassion. I love that book. Uh, he has eight points. He puts them down to three for speaking purposes. <laughs> One is you're going to be helping them in a much stronger likelihood if you are personally involved with them. You get to know them personally. Right. Amen. So. That takes time. That takes effort. Right. But it's very, very important. And our gospel is a relational gospel. Amen. So we believe in relationships. That's usually how we're one to the Lord. That's how we stay in the Lord, right. is relationships. Yeah. Not just with Jesus, but with the church of Jesus Christ. So the poor need personal relationships right. with Christians. Second thing is hold them accountable. Yeah, is absolutely. This, we're yep. going to give them something. And what we will say is, listen, if you maintain faith, if you continue to do the right steps, then we'll perhaps give you something else. Then we want you to do something more. And we want them to have lives of discipleship, making their lives better yeah. and hold them accountable for that life of, you know, getting better, getting more holy, getting right. more righteous. And finally, spiritual. Right. We want to make sure this thing isn't just built on our nice guyness. Right. Uh, we're doing this because of God and we're doing it because God wants to build his life in them. And that's what's worked at the Salvation Army when it has. When it, it, that, it, it works everywhere. Yeah. Oh, amen, Salvation amen, Army. yeah. No, 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 I, I love mean, that. I, I when, get too zeroed in on the Army. When you do these three things, no, I love it. Uh, when you do these three things, when William Booth did them, when the current Salvation Army did them, when the Church of the Nazarene does them, by the way, our, our founder was every bit as much as yep. uh, passionate about the poor as it seemed like even William Booth was. But uh, Phineas Brzee was his name. But the whole point is when we have that kind of passion, We've got to make sure that that passion is tempered with some common sense. Right. And this is what's interesting. Like, I've had people reach out to me now. Like, I have don't, people whose names are on buildings at Salvation Army is where I've served around the country, and they are concerned. 
Like they, they reach out to me, Andy, what do we make of this? Like, and, and even asked me to do this podcast. And so like, as I'm encouraging, like the Salvation Army, the, the reason I'm still in it is like, I believe in the theology. I believe in the way that we actualize the mission in local communities. And here's what, what's challenging to me. It's like, I feel like some of these expressions, the liberalizing trend in the Salvation Army is moving against what I signed up for. It's moving against, it's, it's like, it's moving against the articles of faith. And then also it's moving against those principles that you see put, put into place, put into practice when compassionate ministry works, when hospitable ministry really works. Beautiful stuff. Well, listen, can I throw a commercial in here? Yeah, go ahead. All right. We both work at Wesley Biblical Seminary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. one of the sponsors of our program today is Wesley Biblical Seminary. And I've taught here for 33 years. I've taught here for five months. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so we got newbie here and old timer here. But I think we're both w- willing to say, because of our convictions, because right. of our articles of faith that we live by, that we teach, yeah. and because of a great group of people we have in this building right now, we're one of the best seminaries in the world by the grace of God. Amen. Uh, Amen. So it's a place where you can come and check out the various wonderful things we can offer you. Our lay program is called the Wesley Institute. Our, we got an undergraduate program, a, a college that most people don't know about yet, but it's up and coming. It's, it is, yeah. And then our master's program is even a doctoral program, a DMN program. Something really for all serious disciples. So check us out at wbs.edu. Yeah. Amen. So, Andy, what else do we need to clean One up more on thing, this? Real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like the, the future of the Army. And this is where I get prophetic, and maybe I need to, I might have to walk this back eventually. And, I, and actually, you've helped me even since I've been here walk a few things back myself, right? I wonder about the future of the Army at this point because as I've talked about the issues with same-sex relationships, as I've talked about some um, salvationists who are promoting the idea that our experience and our reason trumps the authority of Scripture, as we're now talking about this issue of kind of subtle ways that these ideas can, that can infect the Christian faith that are not positive. So I think there's a time for accountability. Mm. And this is what's happened in the Methodist church is that there was a lack of accountability. Like you have this top-down structure, but the top was not able to provide accountability. So it's either accountability. I'm, I'm saying this to leaders of the Salvation Army. Now what you're about ready to say, I can't believe that this would ever happen. But accountability or? Accountability or division. Now you think that could actually happen, that, there, that the Salvation Army would divide? Well, I don't want it to happen. I'd rather there be accountability, but how, how long, and I have George Yancey coming on my podcast here really soon to talk about his book, One Faith No Longer. What's happening is sociologically, theologically, we're existing as two different organizations. One is connected to the articles of faith that we signed on for, that donors have supported through years. Another takes a form of the faith that devalues scripture, that uplifts a heretical view of the human body, and that has a woke trend, and I could get into details of that, of course, that moves against the basic mission of the Salvation Army. So yeah, like I think we're existing as two different movements and there can be accountability or there can be division, but I'm not sure that we can keep on walking this line trying to yeah. balance. Well, I don't know. What do you think, Matt? No, Am I off on I, that? Everybody needs to listen to this because it's happening everywhere. Right. Uh, most of our denominations, not all, praise God from whom all blessings flow, not all, but right. many of our denominations are struggling with this very thing. And there's always going to be tension, and we need to be called to faithfulness. Right. Let's get back to our founding principles, which yeah. can be found in your articles of faith. Yes. And then I think the the life of salvation and the life of entire salvation, of Amen. entire sanctification, Amen. 
and we need to get back to those basics. And as much as we do, we can have revival and we can have accountability. And as much as we don't, we're going to get division and furthermore, death. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, some things die right. in the movement, and the movement itself can die. Right. And, and maybe that's okay. So that new life can spring up. Mm. Uh, and that's that's a little rough for me to say. Well, maybe we can come back uh, next time. I'd like to talk to you about a few things. You kind of pressed me about a conversation we had in the hallway here. But I want to talk to you about a few other things. Thanks for joining us on the More to the Story podcast with Andy Miller and the— And the Life-Changing Discipleship Program with Matt Friedemann. We want you to check out both of these programs because yeah. we think they're both pretty good and we exist for you. Yep. Amen. God bless you.